Thank you all for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and y'all, tell y'all now, I've been on many different episodes that I try my best not to be biased, but I'm going to be biased today. It's another one of those family go way back conversations with the servant leader I have on today. We've been off for a minute, you know, just kind of taking a breather, letting God do some things. Because one thing I will tell you as a servant leader, you cannot pour from an empty cup. So your girl been resting a little bit, but what way to come back and to come back with the servant leader we have on today. Today, we have servant leader Brian Acoff. He is a blue bear from Livingstone College, family member of mine, who you with, let's go. Shout out to Livingstone College, CIAA, Salisbury, North Carolina. He was the starting quarterback, y'all, when I was there. We'll get into that. He's also a godly husband. He's a godly father. He's an amazing servant leader. And more than anything, I'm proud to call him a friend of mine. So Brian, I just want to take time. I tell people this all the time. Time is that one thing. It's a gift, right? Once it's given, I can't go and let you return it back at Walmart it's been given away and you gave it so gracefully. So I thank you for your time, brother. And I'm going to pass it towards you to say hello to our listeners so we can jump into this conversation today. Yeah. So like you said, I'm super excited to be on. Uh, my name is Brian Acoff. I am a blue bear and I'm just excited to see where this conversation goes. You know, I, I do love God and I know that the reason I'm in this position I am today is because of him. So uh, at the end of the day, let's get rocking and rolling and I'm excited to see where this goes. I love it. I love it. And then, of course, naturally, we're going to give this scripture for today. And I love it because it comes, and we're going to talk about the job, my awesome shirt, Pray Hard. It's going to come from there, from Eternally Equipped, from Brian. We'll talk about that, too. But it's going to come from Ephesians 6 and 18. And it says, with all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Specific requests at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, and with this in view. And one of the things I say specific, Brian, and you know, we've been talking off script on this, but so often I feel Coach Yo, she is the women's basketball coach at Ole Miss, and she's a servant leader. She always says her tagline, no ceilings, right? And before we jump into the first questions I have for you today, this scripture was amazing to me, and what I told you is confirmation because when she says no ceilings, I laugh all the time about how perfect the God we serve is. Yet we find a way to put ceilings on him. We find a way to say, well, I would pray and ask about this, but I, I'm not going to ask that because I don't. No, 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 no. He asked us to make these prayer petitions specifically and make those requests known to him. Yet so often we feel that this perfect man has, we have to tailor make them or we have to pull back from the things that we can ask him. And so when I read that, when I put this shirt, when you blessed me with it and I adorned it and put it on my back this morning, I was like, God, thank you. Thank you for the reminder through Brian and this amazing apparel, Christian apparel that I can ask you for specifically what I want. And I know mm-hmm. I pray in faith and I believe it, it's going to come to pass. I love that. Powerful. 
It is. It is. Brian, you know, many times, and I say this in a way that my grandma says all the time, that, you know, she kept me in church. My mom kept me in church, taught me about who Christ was. My grandpa, same way, chairman deacon, chairman mother, all that, right? And I knew him. I learned him through them. Like they made sure when the doors of church were open that we were there, right? But I always say, baby, this is what we were supposed to do to fill your, you know, foundation. But you got to learn him and know him for yourself. I want you to talk to us a little bit and open this conversation up about your path to learning Christ for yourself and how you build upon that relationship every day. Wow. So I was praying this morning about leading me in the direction that it's supposed to go, right? And this exact question came up during prayer and it was all about foundation. Mm. And so I was raised Catholic. My mom is a devout Catholic. And so I went to church every Sunday. So I'll preface it this way. I knew who Jesus was at that point, but I didn't know who he is, Ooh, if that makes sense. It makes perfect so sense. As I reflected on my journey, I realized that, wow, you know, it's one thing to know who Jesus was. It's almost like historical at that point. But when you don't really understand and don't have that true relationship with him, you don't really know who he is. And so I feel like when I finally got to college and I got around you who invited me to church for the first time and Fluker as we're holding pinkies and praying before a meal, which was something I'd never done before. <laughs> and I'm like, Fluker. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, wow. So who Jesus is, is another completely different side of it. You know, so we talk about foundation and how we grow up and we're raised in the church or whatever that is. Some people give their life to Christ and they know who he is very early. I mean, for me, it was 2010 when I finally got to know who Jesus is and have a intimate relationship with him. So I, I would just say that the journey has been long. Um, fortunately, my mom did have me in the church, so I had a foundation, nowhere to go back to. But I, I feel for a lot of people that maybe don't know who he is or never even have heard of him. And so I feel like we have an opportunity as Christians to share that and to not be afraid to share that because somebody might be searching for him and we're here to help. And I think that's the biggest piece, right? Um, I tell people all the time, especially with this being a sporting uh, platform, that I'm a recruiter. I'm a recruiter. I'm a recruiting coordinator. You know, we have those on every team. I'm a recruiting coordinator for Christ, right? And that's, we know what that looks like, especially as athletes. And even if not, you've been recruited for a job, you may be recruited for a service, whatever the case may be, you know what it looks like to be recruited. You know, information is given. You know that the persistence in communication happens. You know that you watch them model. They tell you about the background. They tell you about their organization. They tell you all of these things, not to fluff up or try to present it in any way that's not true, but to ensure that you have something that's valuable to this organization. You have something valuable to the upbuilding of this kingdom. And so with that being said, it makes it so easy to, you know, remember who God is in that. And it is our job to be able to know and say, hey, we got to make sure that we are representative and shed the light. That's what I tell all the time, people, we have to be the light so that people can find him through us. So true. It's so amazing. You know, Brian, I want to skip forward now. You talked about Fluker and me and hanging out eating and going to church together, but we all met, of course, because we were athletes at Livingstone College, right? Um, 
And in that, you know, we know what it takes to build a regimen, to be successful, to be on top of our game all the time, right? And so, you know, in that, I want you to take a little bit of time to talk about how you got to Livingstone College, right? And I tell people this all the time, you know, it's amazing the people you meet because like, shout out, y'all see Brian, okay? Livingstone College is an HBCU for those that don't know that, right? And Brian was our starting QB. The work ethic was insane. Talk to us a little bit about how you chose Livingstone College. And then of course, naturally how, you know, you allowed yourself to become the starting QB and what that work ethic took for you to stand in that position. So those questions got several parts to it. So we'll start with how I got to Livingstone. Sure. So I'm, I, my parents are retired military. So we retired or they retired in Salisbury. And so I got to go to high school and middle school in Salisbury at West Rowan and I, I did play football, I played basketball, uh, played baseball in high school, and then got to go to college. And so at first, you know, there's a, there's a time in your life where you think you need to go where you want to go versus where somebody wants you to go. And so uh, I initially started by going to ECU. I was a gray shirt walk-on. So I was out there on the practice squad, but then I got in a bunch of trouble. You know, I just, I, I got involved with the wrong crowd and I had several opportunities to correct that, but I never did while I was there. And um, we'll fast forward. I got in a bunch of legal troubles while I was up there. And then sometimes you would think that the legal troubles would be what gets you past it and to wake up. And that wasn't it. It was the opportunity for me to face it head on. And one morning I woke up and I saw two cop cars sitting outside of my dorm room or my apartment. And I was like, oh man, like I was, I was under a, uh, a, a lot of legal trouble, we can say that, and I was on a plea deal. And so if I'd have gotten any trouble during that time, I would have had to do seven years um, in jail. And so for me, it was, you would think that would be the, the nut that just finally breaks you and says, hey, you need to get right. And it still wasn't, but it was seeing those two cop cars that I'll still see every single day. And I thank God for giving me this opportunity to see it because that next morning it told me go home. And so I immediately left college and I went home and no sooner than two weeks later, I'm at the gym working out at the YMCA and uh, Corey Brooks is there. I don't know if you know, Corey, but uh, an awesome. You know, I know him. <laughs> and he said, why don't you come play football at Livingstone? And I was like, I never thought of it, but sure, let's look at it. And so I go and, you know, I had a hard time getting in. And if it wasn't for Moses Gording fighting for me to get in um, because of my record and my past you know I would never have had that opportunity to truly play football at a collegiate level and I I think all these people throughout the way because as you reflect back you think about the journey and you're like well if it wasn't for this guy I wouldn't have gotten here if it wasn't for him I wouldn't have gotten here and uh, I, I do want to give credit to where credit is due because I know these are all godly men that have all uh, helped open up doors and so getting the Livingstone was a blessing and a lot of people didn't see it from that perspective because you know it's your first time going to college this was my second opportunity and so I had a completely different approach when I got to Livingstone and it was one thing going to Livingstone yeah I was the white guy but it was another thing because of what a Livingstone gave to me so you know one thing Livingstone gave me an opportunity to play sports yeah but Livingstone was a Christian organization that I didn't realize I was going there for that. And 
the end of it, I'm walking out, I'm saved, giving my life to Christ. I'm meeting wonderful people that I'm still great friends with to this day. And so, you know, Livingstone has just been a, a blessing in my life, 100%. And then the other part of your question was, what keeps you, I think it was what kept you dedicated and pushing forward, right? Absolutely. And I, I think the work ethic comes from, uh, you know, sounds cliche, but comes from Christ, right? You know, it's when you want to succeed, you got to work hard at it. And, you know, once I gave my life to Christ and I truly understood who he was, I realized that life has a much bigger purpose than just on the field. It's, you know, your who you are and what exudes from you during all of that preparation, during your practices. And, you know, I felt like towards the end of my career at Livingstone and playing sports, like, man, it wasn't just playing sports. It was being a light for other people so people could see what hard work looks like. And it was showing people, hey, if you just dedicate the time, you can succeed in anything you want to. And so the other thing you mentioned was, uh, I think you mentioned it, or maybe it was previously to this, but you started out at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't know if you've gone there yet, so I'll let you go there and then I'll pick Well, up look, <laughs> let's go there. And I think, you know, I, I laugh so often at things that happen like this. So y'all shout out to just, I'm going to go run these shout outs back really quick because the streaming service, the enemy has a way sometimes and it's okay because I laugh when he does these things. The streaming service was trying to stall out. So I'm going to recap this because it doesn't matter. You know, it's been said, it's going to be said again. Shout out real quick to uh, Rashad Fluker, a couple of our Blue Bear family, uh, Moses Gordon, Corey Brooks, um, and that testimony that you gave and we'll run that back in full swing. But Brian, one of the things I just want to stop right there for a second is because more than anything, I teach and I coach now our young people. And you said something about Livingstone College that was so amazing in that moment, right? That, you know, I feel that these institutions are, they're so amazing to saving us. And I don't mean just saving us in a way that it's like, oh, you know, well, we saved this life. No, it, it also taught us, like you said, I came in one way and I left saved. I left knowing who Christ was. Mm. And Shout out to Livingstone College really quick. Shout out to Dr. Jimmy R. Jenkins, who is now retired, who did so much for all of us, but all of the village people that were there, because I feel that when we talked about being the light for Christ, when we talk about being recruiting coordinators for Christ, I don't care if it was in admissions. I don't care if it was in financial aid, and even sometimes you know how that went. I don't care if it were our coaches, our professors, these individuals were recruiting coordinators for Christ who said, you know what, I don't care about your past. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've been through. There is another opportunity for saving you here. Why? Because Christ says, I don't care how many times that you fall. Just, you know what? If you repent, I'm here. Doesn't change anything. And you don't have to go get dressed up, cleaned up, get a makeover to come to me. Come to me as you are. And I think that that is so amazing. So shout out to all of those people. And what Brian's talking about, y'all, is Brian, again, as I said before was our starting quarterback for the football team but what modesty of him I'm gonna put out here because he probably wouldn't say it the way I'm going to he is also inducted into our hall of fame okay because Brian took a shift to his sport and he joined the track and field doing the shot put am I correct javelin yeah okay the javelin my bad and so with that not only did he take up on that sport but he set records after records and won championships. So I'm gonna let you talk about a little bit with that shift because a lot of times I told him in our population of the listeners, 
some of our young people need to understand that it's okay sometimes to shift gears. And when you trust God, how those things can happen. So if you don't mind just shedding light on that a little bit. Absolutely. So I was always a, a team sport guy, baseball, basketball, football. That's what I knew. And then when I got to Livingstone, Coach Davis said, hey, come try out for track. Just come like throw the javelin for me. I think you can win it. And I was like, the javelin? What's the javelin? You know, I mean, in, in all seriousness, I had no clue. And he's like, it's the long spear. You just throw it. You got a good arm. And I was like, so I went and tried one day and I felt like I threw my arm out. I mean, it was it was embarrassing. And he's like, no, I think you can win. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll give it a shot. You know, I'm I'm up for a challenge. And so it, it didn't take long. First year, finished second in the conference. And then the next three years was able to win uh, the conference championship. And, you know, I, I had a good career in track. But, you know, I think it was just the, the dedication to the sport and to the craft. And learning something new was a challenge. But it was also waking up every day and wanting to be better and wanting to constantly get better. And, you know, it's funny because, like, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking it out loud or thinking it in my head. But wanting to get better in sport translated very beautifully to wanting to understand who Christ was. And oh. it was like just as hard as every morning I would wake up early to go out and practice before classes start. Now I find myself that translation is right into the word and starting every single day, you know, with understanding and learning. And so it's, it's funny how it all translates from sport to Christ and the word and just our life now. But uh, yeah, that's the story. And I think it's so amazing, though, right, because so often, and I said that for a reason, um, even some of my own players and uh, athletes that listen, and even coaches, sometimes we get comfortable in our lane, right? We'll get so comfortable. This is my thing. This is what I do. This is what I've been training for. And I mentioned that, Brian, because so often as believers, so often as recruiting coordinators, so often as Christ's children, right, being children of God, he will tell us to go. He will tell us to do. He will tell us to move. And if it's outside of my comfort zone, it's like, you know, uh, you should pay me for this. Brian, you know, full well me, right? I'm an athlete. I'll sing a little bit, you know, if the, the moment's right. But in terms of if somebody would have asked me 10 years ago that I was going to be doing a platform where I speak with coaches and professional athletic professionals on all different levels about their faith and about learning Christ and servant leadership on a podcast and on different media platforms in terms of the virtual war. I said, no, nah, that's not me. There's no part of journalism. That's not my assignment. But here's the thing. When God asks you to move, I've learned this so many times, and I promise you I'm not going to go back on this. When he asks us to move, and sometimes it's through people. You mentioned Coach Davis. Shout out to him. Sometimes when Christ needs you to move, right? He will have people come into your life to plant the seed. And it's our job to move. And the reward in that, though, is the obedience. The reward, you didn't say, I know for a fact, like not that you downplayed yourself, that when you went out there to start throwing a javelin, you didn't say, I'm about to be a Hall of Famer. Never. Right. You didn't say, I'm going to win a championship. I'm going to be weak. I'm going to be all these accolades. But what happens is your obedience and Christ rewards us for being obedient. Because the other thing that you said to that, which is allow me to shift gears here, being an athlete or being a person who wants to perfect their craft, it truly does set the stage for the diligence Christ calls for us to place in learning him and building a relationship with him. 
and staying in the word, right? So waking up in the morning, morning, having what I call is our training session. You know, mm-hmm. you watch this podcast and listen to this podcast, which you started doing, and I appreciate that. You're going to know that I love Joyce Meyer and I love Christine Kane. Okay. I love a lot of other people, but they speak to me because they break it down plainly to me. Okay. And one of the things Joyce Meyer said the other day, she talked about wanting to take her uncle and aunt to dinner. Okay. And she said, you know, it's so crazy how things work. And she said, my aunt was like, no, we can't go because he still had like one of the old school pacemakers that needed to be charged up. And she said, she was like, well, can he do it later? And she said, her aunt's like, are you crazy? No, he can't do it later. He has to be charged up because that's his lifeline. Mm-hmm. Laughed and we joked and I thought it was funny. And she said, but as much as we laugh at that, we could be studying our word and we push it to the side because the phone rings. We could need to have our time with Christ and we push it to the side because, oh, you know, my friends want to go get together or I want to go do this or I want to scroll on social media. But don't you recognize that just when I asked my uncle, can we do that later? And she said, no, that's his lifeline. That is the same stance you should take when you're trying to spend time with Christ. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to call you back because I have to study my word with him. Why? Because that's my lifeline. Mm. All right, I can't go because this is my time I've dedicated to Christ. That's my lifeline. And so when you said that, that allowed me to just be in a place of just thankfulness because it is that diligence that we sought out being athletes that we still seek today being Christ's recruiting coordinator, being those on assignment for him and just being his children. So Brian, thank you for that. Cause that was definitely on time. Well, it's fun, right? <laughs> it it's fun is. when you start talking about it. Cause I never really thought about it until we're having this conversation and it's just like, Oh, thank you. You know, you, you realize how powerful sport is and it's in ways that you never really would think sport would change your life. And sometimes it's just that mentality and creating routines for yourself and different things like that. Where in sport, we're doing that, right? We're going to practice every single day at the same exact time. Well, why aren't we doing that with the word? Mm, you know, and totally. it's, it's what I've really challenged myself with because I'm guilty of it, right? These, these smartphones, they're very powerful in good ways and bad. And a yeah. lot of times they, for me, it took me away from the word every single day. And once I realized, hey, you know, God asked for our first fruit. So what are you doing to start the day? And that's just for me. But that's, you know, it, it's like, hey, put the phone down and open up the word. Mm. And watching how uh, God has worked through opening up the word and studying and going through it. It's just like, oh, why aren't more people doing this? How can we help more people to to be encouraged by this and to start doing it themselves? So, And I think that's so amazing in that because I think more than anything, that's why I will never forget my grandparents. Um, you looked at their Bible and I mean, it just looked like it had been through, right? Mm-hmm. My, my brother about my grandmother earlier, um, both of them are now passed, um, but just what they've, the impact they made on our lives, especially in the, you know, the building our relationship with Christ was huge. And you saw the pages, right? You saw the highlighting, you saw the writing and the notes. And, and it was funny because I, I remember being a young one. I said, well, grandma, I see you already have that page highlighted. Why are you back there? And she mm-hmm. said, because the word is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And just because I read it once and I highlighted it, that lets me know you need to come back. Because yep. the, word, the more you put it in you, the more it stays in you, right? What comes in you comes out of you. You know, I believe the words 
it says, you'll know the tree by the fruit that it bears. And so you have to make sure that word is in you so that it comes out of you at the right moments and the right times. But here's the thing though, Brian, you said it best about not only the phone, but our schedules, the diligence and being able to just speak on the goodness of God and his word. Talk a little bit about it. We can go to the gym and work out to stay physically fit. We can do our wordles and our Sudoku and all these different things to stay mentally fit, right? Stay sharp. But can you talk a little bit about some advice to the person that, of course, is working and being a father and being a husband, all these things to make sure that we stay spiritually fit? How do you make sure that you carve out that time for Christ? What does that look like for you? That's a, that's a good question. And I'll, I'll lead it into physical fitness because that's where my time with Christ really happens the most. And so I, I adopted a, a, the mentality of using a device that reads the scripture through it. It puts it on the screen while I'm running. And so I'm reading scripture as I'm running. And so every morning, my first 30 minutes are reading scripture and running at the same time because time is valuable, right? But then the one thing I didn't realize that was going to really change my life was prayer time. And so it's one thing to get into the word, but it's another thing to talk to God. And I didn't realize this is how it was going to transpire, but I bought a portable steam room. So after my run, I could go in and I could just get a little more sweat out. So I wouldn't be holding as much water. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great for physical fitness. But what I realized is I can bring my phone anywhere I want to. But when I go into, have you ever been into a steam room or it's yeah. almost like a shower? So I remember the first time I ever did this, I put my phone in there and I started looking three minutes later, I could no longer touch my screen because it was soaking wet. So I had to put my phone outside of the screen at the steam room. But guess what happened during those next seven minutes? I was able to have complete independent time with the Lord yes. and just having a conversation. And I'll never forget. So the first time that happened is I was actually praying that, that morning. And this is a part of my, my testimony with Eternally Equipped. But I was praying that morning and I was like, God, I'm discouraged. I don't know where to go with Eternally Equipped. You gave this to me. I know you did. But if this is something you want me to move forward with, I just want to I just want to hear a loud, audible yes. And I didn't. It just came out. Have you ever prayed? And when you're praying, like words come out that you've never yeah. even thought of before. Yeah. So that's what happened. And I listened right then and there. And um, yeah, I didn't hear anything. And so I was like, ah, okay, okay. And little did I know that was Sunday morning before church and I get to church, praise and worship was on fire. And then the next thing you know, our pastor gets on stage and he said, somebody's looking for a yes and your yes is now. And I was oh, like, oh. and I looked at my wife and I hadn't told her about that prayer. I'm like, that was for me. And I'm crying, you know, I'm like a wreck in church. She's probably like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> But it's like, if I wouldn't have had that time where I could just put my phone down and couldn't even have it in there. So my advice would be find that place where you can just have your phone somewhere completely different. So you can just have that one-on-one -on -one time because that one-on-one -on -one time is more powerful than you could ever imagine. And that's what God wants, right? He wants mm -hmm. that independent time and that relationship to where we're talking to him all the time. So why not dedicate that? And then throughout the day, we can continue that. But it, we have to make it a point if we truly want it to be something to where we're leaning in but also helping others that is so big it is so huge and it's so oh phenomenal because i'm telling you that was one of these things and you're right 
I have the Bible app on my phone. I love it. I use it all good. But the most intimate, the most uninterrupted, the most that I hear and I'm connected is when I get my good handy dandy one out, right? Like I don't, I hate it. I was talking to, a, you know, one of my really good friends the other day because I was like, you know, Lifeway Christian bookstore down here, they closed. And it hurt me. Like if my favorite, you know, dinner spot closed, like it hurt me. I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? Because there was nothing for me to go in. And my favorite one, I have a Bible that kind of talks to me, kind of how I talk to God. Like when you, you learn him and you have a relationship, like, you know, no shot to how anybody else talks to him, but I talk to him like he is my Abba father, like he is my daddy. Right. So it's like, no, I know I was tripping. I know I was kind of, I get that. And that's how that Bible that was a carved out for me, that written text was set, right? It would take the scripture and it would break it down to how we work. Like, Lord, this is me again. I know I didn't do right by you, but listen, I know what your word says. But in those moments when I do have that time, especially now that Hendrix is here, that time looks a little bit different, right? But it makes you more intentional, about the time that you do have. And maybe you can co-sign this or tell me if I'm right. Of course, I'm newer to this parenthood thing than you. Um, but having kids definitely made me hear him more clearly. Mm-hmm. I think- 100%. Same okay, here. right. And it seems like in every aspect, and those that are listening, you all maybe can co-sign on this too. Um, but it, it truly is. It's so funny because I was, normally I try my best to, when he says these things to me, to kind of put them out and just kind of encourage people at the top of the year, uh, on top of the day, I mean. And the other day, like Hendrix, she's a little G, okay? You know, you know me and you probably say, most people respond and say, well, Chelsea, I mean, you know, and I appreciate that. But it's funny because if you try to scare her, right? Just like, boo, like try to scare, she's unbothered, right? She's just like, you, that was supposed to scare me, right? You know, she just looks dead at you, no movement. But when I laugh, and those of you all that know me know my laugh is just, I'm getting all my laugh. If I laugh with my belting laugh, it scares her. Like if you laugh with all of your might, it scares her. Like she just, oh, like what is going on, right? And i never forget the other day, I had her standing, just standing up on the floor, just kind of walking her or whatever like that. And I laughed and it scared her, but she somehow find a way, found a way to jump into me. Mm. I laughed and I was like, girl, you don't know how to walk yet, but you know how to find your mommy, right? And I laughed because of course I gave her to her dad and I went to take a shower and God's like, you know what you just said, right? He's like, you know, regardless of what you're doing, right? We all walk on these roads and they're unbalanced. We may lose our footing. We may get fretful. There may be something that throws us off our rocker, but regardless of what happens, if you know who he is as your father, in that case, if you knew who I am as your mother, you know how to run to refuge. And that thing got me, Brian, because it was just like, Lord, I always heard you. But it's something about now that I'm the mother to this beautiful little girl that I hear you clearly. And I know what it is, though. He says that more than anything, as long as you continue to seek me, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. He didn't say, I know your time is limited. Like you said, it's about time. It is hard to find that time. And he knows that. And now that I'm a mom, he knows too, like Chelsea's not going to have that time in the morning to wake up an extra hour early. She's not going. So let me make sure that that same loud voice you heard, let me make sure that I come to her. I know it says still and small, but I'm going to come with her moving and shaking and loud because I need her to hear me. And, and, And whatever reason that I said that and whoever needed to hear that, it does not matter how far you shift or veer. It does not matter how rocky that road seems when you're walking. 
if you know who your father is, if you know who you serve, I assure you, no matter how scared you become, if you jump and run into his arms, he's going to hold you back and take refuge and take you out of that situation, just like Hendrix did <laughs> when she jumped off the floor. And so that I appreciate you saying that, Brian, because that just shook a thing in me um, in this confirmation that, you know, we've just been talking about today, even starting with Ephesians 6 and 18. Well, and you're touching right on to foundation, right? Mm -hmm. And I think once we have kids, we start to realize that not only our foundation is important, but so is theirs. Mm -hmm. And how if we can raise our kids up on a solid foundation, just like it says in, I believe it's Matthew 7, 24 through 27, it's what better, you know, they're going to face challenges in life. But if they have that foundation and what you're saying to go back to, then they're going to win. They're always going to succeed in life because God's with them and they know that God's with them. They know who God is. And so, uh, yeah, foundationally, that's a, that was actually the word of the year for um, our church. And it's actually the word that changed my life, frankly, just and being obedient. And then not just me getting in the word, but ensuring that my family's getting in the word every single day as well as a family, because once we're strong as a unit, nothing can break us apart. Mm, come on. And let me tell you what just hit me. And this happens. I told you, didn't I tell you? There's a time and place. I told y'all, I told Brian this. I won't hide this from you. Um, this is before we come on. I always have a conversation before and after before we come on live. And I said, you know, there's a point in every conversation where guys like I've been here, but now it's time for me to start showing up. Right. And so it's funny because as you were saying that, I thought about when you lose something, Brian, and this hit me when you lose something, what is the first food? I hate when people say this, but everybody knows it. If you're listening, put it in the chat. When you lose something, you say, I can't find, fill in the blank, keys, wallet, whatever. What is that first thing somebody's reply that makes you so upset? What do they say, Brian? What do they say? What's the last place that you found it? <laughs> right. And it throws you because you're like, really? If I knew that, I could find my keys. And that hit me when you said that, because it's like, okay, well, if you are lost and see this part won't annoy me, if you've lost your way, go back to the last place that you found it. I don't care how far you veer. I, Lord, I have straight so far. I don't even know how to get back to you. Go back to the last place you found me. Lord, I know that I've just been doing it my way. Brian, when those cop cars showed up and you were doing it your way, go back to the last place that you found me, right? The doctor gave me this report and I don't know where or how I'm going to fix this. They said it's inoperable. They said, you know, my testimony here, they said that we can't go in there, right? They said that this is incurable. Go back to the last place that you found me. I, I want to travel back to what you were about to tell me. We've been talking about coming back to the place and the foundation. Uh, let's start there. So what I was getting at was our pastor at church had talked about the staff. And so we're talking about foundation, but a lot of things about foundation is knowing what God has actually done for us before. And so where I always struggled is sometimes remembering what God has done for me because I've just moved forward, right? I never really looked back. I just moved forward. And he talked about the staff and he said, do you know what they did with their staffs? And he said, that's where they would write down everything that God had done for them on their staffs. And they carried their staffs everywhere. Why? 
So they had a constant reminder of what God had done for them previously. And so I started self-reflecting and I said, well, why don't we have our own staff? Or how can we have a staff? And so I created a OneNote where it's like, hey, let me go back and let me self-reflect. Because there's so many times where we think about the big things that God has done for us, but what about the little things? You know, my son was supposed to have to have emergency surgery when he was born. And we had 20 ultrasounds going up until uh, my wife gave birth. And they said, hey, he's going to be sick. He's going to be a dwarf and he's going to need emergency surgery. And so this is up until one week before they're still doing measurements and they're saying your son's going to be a dwarf. And so our pastors come up to Greensboro. They travel an hour from Cornerstone, Pastor Bill Godair and his wife, and they travel up and they pray with us right before we go in. And so we're expecting the worst. We're prepared to take my son to go have emergency surgery. And he comes out and the doctor delivers him and she says, he's perfect. And it's like some things like that. It happened seven years ago. And silly me, but I forget it, right? And so it's like now that I'm starting to create my staff, I'm starting to create this document where it's just running, where it's everything that God has done for us. Guess what? We start self-reflecting and we start realizing how powerful our Lord and Savior is. And so it just reminds us and it helps us not to forget who he is because a lot of times we think about today and we forget about yesterday. So that's where I was going with foundation. Oh, and I'm so glad that you all hung in there and that we didn't get bothered by that disconnection because that was so needed, right? That was powerful. I think so often and going back to that, you know, that same thing that Coach Joe says, no ceilings and the the same scripture that I said here being specific in our prayers that we water down who he is. We get to this place where it's like, well, you know, I mean, hey, like you said, we don't intentionally try to do it. There's no one else on earth and out of it that would have been able to do and transform that miracle in your son. There's no one else. Nobody. One else. But like you said, silly of us, we get to this place where somehow we forget that. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, and the craziest part in that is that we forget it. My pastor always says, you know, if you, you have trouble thanking him, think back, just go mm-hmm. back, you know? And, and I laugh because the same thing that you're speaking of, right. This, this brain aneurysm when we were in school, right? And that happened to me. Like, really? Starting point guard. I'm healthy. I work out every day. Who, who said this? What do you mean? And this same God that healed me, this same God that said, you know, I hear you. I've heard your petition. You said you knew me through your, pain, your mom and your grandparents. That's how you know me. And you vowed that you will know me for yourself if I do this. I promised you that my stripes still work. I promised you that I will heal you, that my healing didn't stop with the one with the issue of blood, that my healing didn't stop with the blind man, that I didn't just resurrect somebody in the word from death and I can't heal you. And you promised me that if indeed you will believe me and you will submit to me and you will know me for you, if I heal you, you'll do those things. And he did it, Brian. He did it. There's a song that says, and he did it suddenly, right? He did it suddenly. These people are like, yeah, no, we need to do this. We need to sing here. Nah, uh uh-uh. He said, no, I got you. We're good. You know, no, we got you, right? And the same thing with your son. But then we move from the, the, the groundbreaking blessings and miracle working power that he does. And we come to the next level. It's like we come to the next level in the video game. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this one. And it's like, really? Yep. No, he sits there sometimes like, didn't she? 
You know, I'm the same person that healed her from the brain injuries, right? Did you forget already? Right. Hello. Knock, knock. Y'all can't see me here. Knock, knock, knock. Are you serious? You know, I'm the same man that, you know, they, they said all these things were going to happen with your son. You made your pastor waste gas. Mm. Right? Mm. You still question me? But even in that, Brian was so amazing about that. And I'm going to take on that staff one note that you have, right? You know, I laughed because the Bible episode started doing something like that. Like when you pray, right? And they remind you to pray. And I laugh because that's a whole different conversation. But Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok then remind you, did you check in today? But that's a whole nother story. Y'all can get it for that, but it's the truth, right? And so it's funny because it'll say, did you pray? And I'll hit, put my prayer in there, right? And then it comes back right? Sporadically. And it says, was the prayer answered? Mm. There's never been a time. There has never been a time that I couldn't say yes and put that in there. Wow. Never. And that's how he works. Yes, it is. It's a beautiful thing. And then you, you fast forward from a time where, you know, God turns a, a little boy that's supposed to be sick into healthy. And then at seven years old, he says, daddy, you know what that pool is outside of church? And you say, what is it, buddy? And he says, that's where you give your life to Christ. And I said, well, what does that mean? It's, he says, that's where he washes your sins away. And I said, so what does that mean to you, buddy? And he says, I want to give my life to Christ. Ooh. And, you know, that same seven-year-old boy who they frankly told us, hey, here's the papers. If you don't want to move forward with having this child, you can, is now turning up saying, hey, I love Jesus. And he wants to tell people about him. And you know, it was funny because we, I'm, I'm going forward, but I was saved in 2010. But if it wasn't for that little boy, I would never have been baptized. Oh, come on, Brian. As a, as a Catholic, you're baptized when you're born. And so I was always like, well, I've been baptized. It was my excuse. But guess what? I was always convicted Ooh. all the time. Every weekend at church, they'd give an offering or altar call or say, hey, if you want to get baptized, come right over here. And I was like, oh, I've already done it. I've already done it. And then it took that little boy saying, daddy, you know what that is? And then I said, Brody, you know, I never gave my life to Christ. Would you mind if we shared that moment together? Uh, he says, yes, daddy, please. And so we got to share that moment. But, you know, it's like I talk about childlike faith and different things like that. And it's like, wow, you know, to to see this blessing kind of go through the journey and to be at seven and then be the reason that my life has changed forever in many ways. It's a, it's a powerful thing. And that's how God works too, is it's a journey. It's not just today or yesterday. It's, it's a, it's a whole long journey of life that we don't realize until we get to look back and we get to see it. And we're like, wow, he did that. He did that. Oh, well, you remember those people he put in your life? Yeah. He brought them there. He put you right through that. Uh, he, he, he took you to the church two years before you would meet your wife there because you weren't ready to meet her two years ago. Um, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. And that's the journey. And that's how God works. And so we just don't need to forget about 10 years ago, God, because that's the same God that's still tomorrow. So Brian, that is something I'm trying. Y'all, I promise y'all, I promise y'all I'm trying to move forward because I'm still trying to talk about eternally equipped, which I'm, I'm loving and you all were too. But this thing you mentioned about going back and going forward, and you mentioned that childlike faith and you mentioned the moments where Christ, how he just lays time so perfectly when we're ready, right? And, and I laugh because in those moments, we don't understand why he moves how he moves. And those 
place of waiting, right? Wait, I say on the Lord. He says it twice in there. Wait, I say. Wait, wait, I say. You said it to your kids before. I know you heard me. Wait, I say, and waiting. There's a blessing in the waiting. And I tell people this all the time, but we don't see it while we're waiting. We don't see it when we're going through. So funny, I saw this. I promise you, y'all, we're going to move so we can talk about eternally equipped. But this thing is on me. And I told you, Brian, he comes in that room. He sits and he's like, imagine. He's like, nope, you're going to do what I'm telling you to do. And that's what we're going to do. And in that, it's so funny because, you know, with COVID and everything going on, like literally we took a pause break from just traveling. And it's been okay with me. Like I literally, I work and I come home and that's what we do. And we're okay with that, right? And so, but in traveling, I'm, I'm back because you can just take a look at people traveling and just traveling, you know, hashtags on social media. And I'll never forget, it was like travel hack, right? And I was like, oh my God, what was travel hack? Like, let me look at how other people are traveling since I'm not traveling right now, Right. And she was saying, you know, it's so funny, people, I always complained about layovers. <laughs> she said, I always complained about layovers. Oh, this layover's too long. Oh my God, why would my layover be there? She said, and then I changed my perspective. She said, especially when I traveled internationally. Mm-hmm. And I said, I started looking at layovers a different way and it became beautiful. I said, if you're going to make me wait, we're going to capitalize on the wait. If you're going to make me wait, I'm going to say, okay, well, let me strategically plan this. So now my family can get two trips in one because I'm going to capitalize on the way. Now, don't get me wrong. When we have to wait on Christ, it doesn't always feel good. It's not always a walk in the park. It's not always a trip that we're taking. But when we capitalize, that was the part that she stung me with. She said, you got to capitalize on the wait. And we don't do that. We miss it, right? We miss being in the waiting and the blessing that he's trying to to strengthen us in the way. While you and your wife waited on your son, I'm sure it was grueling. Mm. I'm sure it was a treacherous wait trying to figure out what are we going to do? Is this the case? What they're saying, all of these tests, these scans, all of these things. I, I, I partially, not to that degree, but I partially understand, you know, that, that process. And then your son's born. And it's like, you don't forget the endurance, but it's almost like it doesn't matter anymore. It makes sense. And that's how Christ is working in our lives. Some of the things that we need to learn, some of the things that we have to do that he's preparing us for, we have to wait in the test and the trial. We have to sit in a holding pattern. We have to lay over. We have to be, we can't go straight to the final destination. We have to be put in a layover for him to be able to capitalize, to refine, to refresh, to teach and renew so we can be ready when it's time to get to the final destination. And that thing hit me in such a way because we're all guilty of it. And take a look now, like you said, seven years later, it wasn't meant you're one through six for you to understand why you all went through that. It was meant on that seventh, here goes the seven, it was meant on that year of completion Mm. that it would take that childlike faith and it would take your baby boy to say, daddy, let's do this thing and let's do it the right way. Wow. And it's like when you realize like you have the convictions inside and you've been carrying these convictions and you're just like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And literally a week before he said that, I was like, you know, I'm finally going to do this. This is my time. And then he comes up and I'm just like, oh, my God. You know, it's like you want to pull somebody over the edge. There it is. Isn't it something? Mm. Something. And it's amazing because, even like I said before, it's our children, 
right? If you didn't know him before, if you try to go back and forth, right? And I, I wouldn't even target on those children, just that childlike faith. There's a young person in your life, you will get it, right? And it, it's amazing because, you know, I never forget to spend that time with Christ, but it's, it's amazing before we walk upstairs and I get Hendrix ready, you know, I'm reminded even if I ever, you know, I'm like, oh, I didn't do it. Let me do it in the car. I don't walk out of this house anymore having to take my devotional with me, even though he understood time. Why? Because now we got to read hers. So because we're reading her daily prayer, mommy's pray too. It's amazing how little people do that. It's amazing how he orchestrates and works through the heart of them to make sure we're where we need to be. That's right. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. And it was, you're, you're touching on it where you're talking about, we have to wait. And our pastor this past weekend was talking about, you know, children just aren't born tomorrow. They're, they're in a holding pattern until they get to the full growth that they need to get to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just like butterflies. They don't, they don't just turn into butterflies. They start out and they have to go through that season Come before on. they can actually start flying their wings. And it's the same thing with our relationship. You know, sometimes we we're like, man, where's God? What's he doing? And maybe he's silent at that moment because he's trying to strengthen you. And, you know, that's what we're dealing with in a lot of situations, but it's hard to see it while we're in it. But if we stay faithful and we stay in our word, it's going to surpass all understanding, right? Come on. But I don't, I don't want me, I don't want mediocre, right? I want what surpasses my understanding, right? You know, and it's funny because now having had a child, you know, I laugh because you're right. There's stages. You get excited. You're like, yeah, woo, this is awesome. God, I thank you. You know, but then there are challenges, right? And as people say, it's time where it gets real, real. Mm-hmm. I, right? You start gaining that weight. <laughs> and then other health challenges start talking and on. And as they get bigger and they're growing, it takes a toll on you, right? But one of the things I know is that I remember reading week by week what to expect. Like, Okay, what is happening now? What do they grow this time? What are they developing this time? What happens? Okay, what what benchmark do I need them to get to? What mile marker, week marker do I need to get to so they can be safe and have this? And when are they viable? And you watch all of these things, right? And it's funny because Hendrix came a little bit early, right? And so then I was like, okay, so what's she missing? Like, what are we now? She's fine, you're good. But I laugh because in that same moment that you talk about the stages. So often we want God to move and bless us prematurely. Mm. I prayed, okay, where are you? Where is it? Where is it? Like, okay, no, no, that's not how that works. I know when you need what you need. Here's the other part. I also know when you don't need what you asked for. Right. And so what I've learned as I continue to develop, even though it's not always easy to wait, I've learned that I don't want a premature blessing because much like a premature baby, it is missing some things. Some things didn't develop. And I'm thankful now for the advancements of medicine and science to where some, some, of, some of those babies, they, they get it. They stay in the NICU and they get where they need to be. But unfortunately, we were built to go full term. And I want my blessing. I want my answer. I want what God wants me have at full term. I don't want it underdeveloped. I don't want it not ripe and ready for me. I want him to give me and grant it to me when he knows that it's time for me to have because it's the right time. You nailed it. He knows the due date. 
right. I can tell you to do that. I can tell you right now. That's y'all. That's just a benchmark. Okay, that's just kind of vicinity area, because that's not always the case. But the true due date, right? No sonogram needed. No measurements taken. The due date. The true due date comes from him. And I don't want my blessing birth before my due date. Come on. Y'all, we got to talk about this. Look at Brian's shirt real quick. I don't want y'all to take a look at my shirt real quick, okay? Brian, oh, I love this because it's so funny. It's insane. It's amazing how when Brian spoke earlier about uh, even before Eternally Equipped came about, right? Listening and recognizing, understanding the path that God has on your life. Brian, I want you to talk a little bit about how in the world this mission from Christ landed in your ear and how you said, okay, I'm not going to sit on this. I got my yes. I hear you. And it transformed this amazing Christian apparel, eternally equipped. Please talk to us about that. Yeah. So it's a, it's another one of the journey moments, right? Where it's uh, as I reflect back, it's been 10 years that I feel like God has been preparing me for this, but it was after I started digging into the word with a good friend of mine, Nick Pretty um, from work. And he encouraged me to start in the the book of John. And we were just reading and studying the book of John and just learning who Jesus was and is. And we were like, just talking about life. And it's like, you know, God sent Jesus to die for us, to give us an opportunity at salvation. But why aren't we celebrating that? You know, we, we walked down the street and I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. You can boo it or not. But we'll wear a Dallas Cowboys shirt <laughs> and we'll either high five each other saying go Cowboys or we'll look at each other and boo each other, right? Right. Why aren't we doing the same thing with Jesus? Come Why on. aren't we going around and saying, yes, let's go? You know, it's funny how this is all transpired, but that's where it started. It was like, celebrate me and don't be afraid to celebrate me. I want you to have bold faith. And he, he came in one of the moments in the sauna and... <laughs> It was, uh, you know, do something for me. And I didn't realize it. I started selling uniforms, learning about polyester and cotton 10 years ago. And I didn't think I would actually use that to do something for the Lord. But I always felt convicted when you go to church and they say, what are you doing to help further the kingdom? And I'd sit there and I'd say, what am I doing? And it kept on being that way. And then all of a sudden, God said, do this. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be obedient this time. And I'm moving. And so I moved. And, you know, it's a Christ-inspired closing apparel where it just wants, we just want to share the love of Jesus. And we want people to know who Jesus is. And we don't want to be afraid to share it. And we're hoping that the apparel will help to spark conversations. Because what we realize is sometimes we can be walking by each other. And we're so afraid to start having a conversation with people. Mm-hmm. especially about Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, so now what if we have something on our chest or we have something that in- encourages that? And it might be you and I walking by just celebrating who Jesus is, but what about who's walking with you or who's walking with me? What if that mm-hmm. person doesn't really know who Jesus is? What if that's an opportunity to introduce Jesus to them so they can be saved and create a relationship with him and find the same love that we have? Or what if there's those Christians that are going to church every single weekend that don't really realize what they're missing out on. They're going because it's just, this is what I'm supposed to do. But there's like, there's stages to this that I've realized. And it's like, once you give your life to Christ, there's a, there's another level that you're just like, whoa. And so that's what Eternally Equipped is about, is helping to be bold in your faith, to share the love of Jesus so other people can learn about him 
and hopefully we can all be kingdom builders and help to glorify him. I think that's awesome, you know, and one of the things you definitely, um, you know, sparked out in that conversation is we have to be those conversation starters. And it is, I, I, I feel that it is hard, right, for some individuals because we live in a world now where it is heavily, you know, rejected or people get offended. But I think it's just like what you said. I don't have a problem. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan, okay? But I don't have a problem talking about the Dolphins. I have a problem talking about the Boston Celtics. I do for a second because I'm still trying to get over that finals appearance, but we'll leave that there. But I don't have a problem talking about those things. I don't have a problem. I had said this on an episode a couple of times ago. If I go eat somewhere, right, I'm a foodie. If I go eat somewhere and it's good, right, I'm not a food blogger. I'm not one of these people like that. But I'm going to tell you, go get that burger. I'm going to tell you, yo, you got to go there, right? I don't go to the movies much, but when I do, if the movie is good, I'm going to say, yo, you have to go watch it. And if I buy a product, and that's why I tell people, I'm saying, like, why don't you go, go do some sponsorship and promoting for these people? Because if it's good, I'm going to promote it. And let me just say this to you. The guy that I serve is beyond good. Mm. Right? He, there's no word to truly define who he is. It's never to offend you, but I'm at least talk about it to you. I'm going to make sure, and I love how you put that. It is a conversation starter. I am going to adorn it, right? We watch it because one of the things I was so excited about when I saw that this was yours is because I do. I love this. That's one of the very reasons that you mentioned why I wear God is dope. Because he's dope. He is, right? That's one of the reasons why I wear world vision, why I wear all these things. And I wear something that's a conversation starter. My favorite shirt is a shirt and says, all I need is Jesus and Duncan. Mm. And Brian, I'm going to tell you, I've worn that shirt out now. I need another one. Yeah, I, I was trying to tally who gave me that. So <laughs> I think they're listening. I need a fresh one. But that has started so many conversations because people know I love Duncan. One time when I first had the shirt, Brian, Duncan retweeted it. <laughs> the thing, I didn't need that. I don't need anything from Duncan. But whoever retweeted it, did you know it? Right. You didn't. You saw that. And maybe it sparked something he's called us to do and the biggest piece of you understanding the assignment and not sitting on it that's the move that I want to move forward to somebody whatever it is that God is asking you or calling you to do I know it may seem like okay I don't know if this is for me I'm not trying to put myself out there and people come and they talk about it I don't if God has called you to something he is never going to place you in a place where he doesn't equip you he doesn't call the equip. He equips the call. All he needs is your yes. Mm. All he needs is your obedience. And with Eternally Equipped, that's what Brian has done. Brian, where can they find Eternally Equipped? How can they go in there and get dope gear? He didn't mention this, but they also now have some for the childlike faith for the babies. Is it 2T and up? Starting at 2T? Right now, 2T and up. But yeah, it's Perfect. Uh, eternallyequipped.com. And uh, I did create a coupon for all of your listeners. So if they can get 30% off all their purchase. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is, at first it was initially, I was like, you know, I want to make some money doing this. And as I've done this, I realized that that's not what this is about. Hmm. This is not a calling to be a profitable calling. This is a calling to reach people and to help to share the love of Jesus. And so if you know somebody that needs a shirt, let me know because I want to send it to them because at the end of the day, the more people we have that are sharing the love of Jesus, what if it's just one life? What mm. if it's one person that 
finds their yes in what we're wearing. And it's because of that t-shirt. So please leverage me, reach out to me. I've got a prayer section or a contact me section on there. So um, if you, if you're interested, please use me. I'd love to partner any way I can. Um, at the end of the day, we're all kingdom builders. And so we got to do this together. We can't do this by ourselves. So. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's amazing guys. I'll make sure I put that down um, in the link in the show notes. And again, I want y'all to understand that, that, that truly is, it wasn't a, if you notice and you follow podcasts, I don't promote, I don't, we don't, but it's the simple fact of recognizing what he just said, you know, how I started, we said how it started, how to finish, recognize mm-hmm. that this is a God thing. You hear us talking about God things and moving and promoting and one of the things I charge you to do, those listening now and those that are listening later, we do take for granted the people that we talk to every day. The assumption is that they know Christ. It's easy to do. I've done it. Sometimes I still do it and I have to actually make a conscious effort. But please, 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 I charge you with each passing day, ask one person, do they know him? Mm. And then move yourself a little further. And if they don't know him, I always send some podcasts before I get off. Inbox me. We'll get you where you need to be. But ask that one person, even that person that's closest to you, do you know him for yourself as your personal savior? And if we can do that, like you said, Brian, just one. Hmm. He talks about it in a word, leaving a 99 for the one. That's all it takes. I tell people, if only one person listens to this show in this episode, in this podcast, that's enough because that's what he called us to do. So I thank you for that. I really do. Well, I thank you for allowing me to be on. It's been a it's been awesome just chatting with, uh, I still have you in my phone as Chelsea Miss LC because you are the Miss Livingstone and always will be. But uh, yeah, it's been awesome. I appreciate that. So Brian, before you get off, of course, naturally those that listen to the podcast consistently know that there are two questions I have to give you before you get out that enshrines you into the servant leader family. Um, and so for those that are new listeners, these are two kind of enshrine them in, gives them in the family. But I love it because we talk about the servant leader coaches Bible study. And it's your first time listening. They come back, y'all. We have a really good time. But I see it as Christ literally taking servant leaders and locking them arm in arm, creating a frontline soldier for kingdom building. And so that's why I get so empowered when I talk to each of you. And even knowing you, Brian, even being friends with you, being family with you, it still is just like this igniting power that goes through my heart to just watch God move through. So the first question, as much about kind of we talked about our devotional, how we build in Christ. And so, of course, naturally, it's amazing because now that I've had Hendrix, like I told you, the time is a bit, it's a little bit different, right? And he knows that, but I do my God is devotional because sometimes life has a way to truly take you and your mind off of him, right? Especially when the storms of life rage. And so what I'll do, I'll just say God is, right? And in my mind, sometimes I'm writing it, but on those weekdays, I draw an imaginary blank. And it is my goal to just resound and continue to repeat all those things that he is. I'll say, God is this, God is this, God is this, God is this. And what I find, Brian, is there's never a time where I get stuck, Mm. There's never a period that I can place because he is everything. He's all, it is a running list that never runs dry in his well because that's who he is with us, right? And so when I set foot out the door, I'm reminded that I'm okay because I serve this limitless God. You don't get a long list though, Brian, you get one. So if I said God is, and I drew an imaginary line right there, how would servant leader Brian Acoff fill that blank? God is what to you perfect Ooh, come over here and all his ways 
in all his ways. We strive for perfection in life, but there's only one true perfectionist and the Come one on. that can be perfect. And so once we realize that, then we can realize we don't have to be perfect. We just need to lean on him and he'll help us and he'll guide us and direct our steps. Amen. That's it. Those listen, I need to know yours too. God is what to you. What does he do today? And then of course, this is the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study where servant leadership is at the forefront of what we do. It is literally at the center. Got to how to serve and lead like Christ in the assignment that he's placed us in. When we infiltrate the sports world, when we infiltrate the you know Christian apparel world, when we walk in our daily lives on our jobs, what does servant leadership look like when we do that? And so it takes on so many different definitions, so many forms. When we talk about servant leadership, serving and leading like Christ, how would servant leader Brian Acoff define servant leadership in his life? What does servant leadership mean to you? Never missing a moment. Ooh. And I think a lot of it is right now I'm focusing heavily on family. You know, we talk about servant leadership, but it's, it's making it a point. And we started to where every single night we make sure we read a chapter of the Bible and we read each of the kids' devotionals because we've got to be, we've got to have our routine set around who we want to glorify and who is our true king. And so if we understand that and that's our approach in life, and in my opinion, if we start our day and we finish our day, guess what? We got a mighty God that is going to be with us all day long. And so we can thank him for waking us up. And just like we can thank him for helping us to go to sleep at night. So uh, that's my way of servant leadership. That's so perfect. Oh my goodness. That's so perfect. And it's new. I love that. That's one we hadn't had before. Brian, thank you, man. I thank you. I said this at the beginning. Time is that beautiful gift. I thank you so much just for coming on, sharing your testimony. Um, For those that kind of hopped on late, I told you the the service was trying to do something funky. That's fine. Go back and hear the testimony of Brian. Of course, Nashville will be on the podcast um, next week. But more than anything, Brian, thank you just for being an obedient and willing vessel. That is how we continue to be recruiting coordinators for him and shed our light um, by simply just being his mouthpiece, right? And so thank you for so willingly and unapologetically doing that today because it truly is what moves this agenda forward. Well, I've been excited to be on. And I do want to leave with one thing because it just came in. And so when it comes in, we must uh, release it, right? That's right. It's all about opportunities. So a lot of times we'll pray for things and we'll look for God to do it. But what if God's giving us the opportunity to do it and we just don't see that opportunity in front of us? So be alert and prepared for that opportunity to come in. And so it's sometimes we'll say, hey, Lord, just I, I pray that you'll help me to find that person or I pray that you'll help eternally equipped to save somebody. And if we just think that it's eternally, he's going to do it, you know, I think we're missing out. But if we actually see the opportunity that he's presenting to us, and then we take advantage of that. And like you said earlier, being obedient to that opportunity, then uh, we're going to help to glorify him all through the day. So it's all missing. Don't miss your moment. Mm. Be also ready. Right. Yes. That's amazing, Brian. And before we go, as always, I want to cover you. I want to cover our listeners and those that will listen. 
just bow your head unless you are driving or doing something that you shouldn't have your eyes closed. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you right now for uh, another moment, another opportunity. We don't take for granted uh, for a second just to even have another day, just to even have another moment to just move your agenda forward, Lord God. Help us to decrease, Lord God, as you continuously increase in our lives. Forgive us for the things, Lord God, that we do when we move and we say they're not, they're not a part of you, Lord God. We just ask that you just make us better, strengthen us, Lord God, purify us so that we can be the lights, Lord God. We can be the recruiting coordinators and we can lay the foundation so that somebody that may not know you can, can learn and build a relationship with you. I ask and pray a special blessing right now, Lord God, for servant leader Brian Acob for just touch him, Lord God, as the godly husband that he is, the godly father that he is, the godly man that he is, Lord God. Bless eternally quit, Lord God, so that it may be able to infiltrate not only the athletic professional world of God, but all the world, Lord God, because even sometimes it may be the t-shirt that brings and sparks the conversation to lead that person to you. I ask, Lord God, that you meet all of our listeners, Lord God, at their point of need. I don't need to know what it is. You already know what it is. So I'm asking, Lord God, that you just bless them and meet them at their point of need, Lord God. When you meet them at that point of need, Lord God, help them to surrender. Lord, for that person that doesn't know you, I ask that you just help us to continue to be lights. Help us to illuminate, Lord God, so that those that don't know you can find you. In your son Jesus' name, we'll always pray. Amen. Amen. You're love awesome. You. No, you're awesome. And so my favorite line of the podcast, every single episode, servant leader Brian Acoff, you are now a part of the servant leader family. <laughs> we welcome you. And, and I just thank you because I know that it just continues to build and strengthen us and helps us to move this agenda forward. You're awesome. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you. Thank you. We thank you guys for listening. For anybody that does not know him, if you feel you strayed away, we mentioned this in the episode. We said that more than anything, the first thing somebody says when you lose your keys or your wallet is go back to the place that you found it. So if you feel that you have left, you feel that there's no way for you to come back, I'm telling you right now, go back to the place that you found him, whether it was in church, whether it was when you prayed. And if you don't know him, inbox me, Chelsea Johnson. You're on Facebook at the Chelsea F on Twitter. You can find the Serving Leader Coaches Bible Study on YouTube and I will get you where you need to be. We thank you guys so much for listening. Brian, we thank you and we'll see you guys next time.